0: You
2: To allow this to just kind of, the scriptures just soak over you and to hopefully just become um, real and to breathe a joy and excitement of what this morning means for us. Um, so we're going to read Psalm 118, 1 through 2, and then 14 through 24. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Glad songs of salvation are in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly, the right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open to to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and you have become my salvation. The stone that that the builders rejected have become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So this morning we come corporately together as a community and as a family. And we say today is a good day and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We will tell of the good days things that you have done in our lives and we will proclaim that you are above all that your name is higher than everybody else's. We will love the way you first loved us by sending your son to die on a cross and to defeat death that we would then not be bound by death but that we would get to live abundantly. So this morning I just pray that we would be overcome with the re- the the reality that we are alive and we are alive fully, that we have hope this morning, that we have joy this morning because of what you have done. So may praise come from our lips this morning and may we proclaim the good news and that is that Jesus is alive that he loves us so, so, so much that we ourselves are alive, that we are not burdened or bound to shame and guilt and condemnation, but that we are free. We will lift our voices with song and praise. So we ask that joy would fill this place, that peace would come. It is a good day, and we will rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: God, it is unfathomable that the creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, would put on flesh and be born into a broken world as a servant, as a humble king that he would run from attention, that he would hide from celebrity, and that he would die the death of a criminal. It is beyond our imagination. It is beyond anything we could understand the level of love through which you love us and that you passionately pursue us and you dance over us. And it is beyond our expectations and our understanding that you rose again, that this day thousands of years ago, your friends were running to a tomb and it was empty. How could that be? It makes no sense. And so we push into that mystery we push into that joy we push into that supernatural and we say God of the impossible would you do that in us would you bring resurrection would you bring new life would you do the thing that against all hope we don't think can happen but through your power can happen And if the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to you also through the spirit that lives in you. So if you'll place your hand on your heart or on your belly, we crave resurrection, Jesus. We crave resurrection. Resurrected Christ, will you call us forth? Dreams that have died, will you call them forth? Broken hearts that need healing, will you call it forth? Bring about the resurrection this morning in our hearts, God. Bring us to life in only the way you can. We are your resurrected people. And let us leave today with not only a new understanding of your resurrection, but what that means for my life, what that means for River City Church, and what a resurrected people means for Smyrna and for Atlanta and for this country, and for this world. May we leave today the global church walking out of our faith communities, having a deeper understanding of what it means to be resurrected people, to walk in that. Thank you that we have been born again. It's so beautiful, this grace, this unexpected gift. We open our hands again to it today. We thank you, Jesus, for there truly is no one like you. You have no rival. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And God's people say amen.
0: Amen. Cool thing about Easter Sunday is it's not restricted to one day anymore. So it's every day. Easter Easter is every day of every year. It's when you wake up. It's when you go to bed. It's when you're brushing your teeth. Easter. Just thought, of, just thought of that right there. It's when you turn on your alarm. It's when you're angry at your kids. It's when you're angry at my kids. Easter. Amen. Okay, so um, we got a, a few things coming up today that I'm pretty pumped about. Uh, baptism in our horse trough. I don't ever say that word correctly, and I'm just going to run with a trough, trough, truer, trough, trough, cool, that, there it is, um, at the end. Um, we have five people being baptized, and there's going to be like an open invitation to anybody who really feels like, um, and we don't want to like talk anybody into this, it's one of those things, we just, it's open. If you feel like God has been speaking to you, and you want to identify with Christ as Lord, and you want to, accept adoptance into a new family with a new father and you want to go from death to life and all these things seem to ring true to you then it will be available to you today we even have like an oversized t-shirt for you to wear that you will definitely want to wear again um, that'll be the end before that we're going we're going to talk about resurrection we're going to talk about what happened we're going hopefully you guys are going to be able to put yourself in a spot where it becomes more real to you than just the stories. This is what we this is the benefit of being on this side of resurrection and also the curse of it. Is for a lot of us, this is just a story. Honestly, like for me, if I'm just being honest, for a long time, it was just a story. There was nothing I'd heard it so many times I could tell you about it. There's just a story, right? Like there's so much of it, right? The first time people heard of it in this passage I'm read. It was so much more than just a story. It was so potent that it radically changed anyone it touched, even just with mention of it, right? We just sang five songs about resurrection, nobody is freaking out right now, right? In first century and New Testament church when resurrection was introduced, just crazy radical change happened instantly. I'm not blaming all of us. It's not like, we're not gonna be the church that's like, and we are all morons for not responding. We are who we are. We live when we live. We are here. And I believe that is all purposed. So what is he trying to say to us in the midst of it? What's he saying to you about resurrection today? You don't need to just read the story again, guys, right? It's a beautiful story. It's also a terrible story, horrible story. But today, if my dream you would would be to come true. You would really slow down enough to say, Father, you're saying something to me right now about this, right now. And for most of you, it's not just that he rose again. It's so personal to you that you're going to fall on your feet, grab his ankles, and worship him. See, he knows how to bring resurrection in such a specific way that it changes the person, right? If it was just bubble gospel, and it was just like, Here's the the story. Instantly after resurrection, we all would have known, right? This is the craziest thing about resurrection to me. I'm already way off track. Craziest thing about resurrection is this gap of time. Resurrection happened. Nobody knows. This is a time in history. Think about it. Jesus, you're about to read a story. Jesus died. He came back to life. And then there's just this gap of time where nobody's being changed. It's just like this. Just think about that. Like if you think about the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit just hanging out together like just waiting on what's going to happen. They're not waiting on us to respond. They're not waiting. They're not like all humanity, we did it, right? We're waiting for him to decide how he would get resurrection to us. Already happened, beautiful. You have to today realize it's not just about that resurrection happened, but that he is trying to get it to you in a way that will change everything. Everything. So he sends a stinking angel to the two Marys. An angel. Everybody say angel. angel. He sends an angel. It's not just everybody believe now. I'm so tired of Christians making people feel bad for not believing. Jesus looks at you when in your unbelief and he makes space for you. Because if, if you can be honest about your unbelief, you will believe. I just pray that the the heaps of of shame and guilt about not being and not doing and not believing, there's some of us that haven't believed because we've never slowed down enough to let him show us. It's got to become yours. This story has to become your story. And when you tell it through the lens of your life, it then becomes the gospel to someone else. Right? That's why we don't just... They didn't just sit around right after... Res- like Jesus didn't just gather right. We're just going to read the story now. This is my resurrection story. Mm-hmm. I want you guys to memorize this. Take your note cards home. No, he's like talking to a woman he shouldn't talk to. He's like sending people to Gentiles who are the lowest of the low. Like he's thinking of ways to say, here's life and life more abundantly in the context of where you are today. You, and at every moment... I really believe he's trying to send resurrection to you that way. Whether you have an angel telling you he's coming, or if he's standing in front of you, or if you're watching him be crucified, there's so many aspects of how Jesus speaks to us exactly where we are. So, Jesus, today, I do pray that any shame that's been thrown on any person in this room about you better believe, you're not allowed to doubt. I pray that that would be cast into the pit of hell. And that where we actually are, God, the people in here who are still doubting because their Jesus in some form has been killed, is dead. I pray that you would give space in this room so that your presence could work in the way that it's meant to for each of us. That you would teach us and show us in the way that we would respond so that we can taste and see that you are good and that it can become our gospel. And as it says in Colossians 3, that we we will have a life that is Christ, that our life is Christ. We cannot fabricate that. It has to come out of a spontaneity from really seeing you. So today, Father, let us really see you. Let us really make space for where we really are to not put on pretty clothes and act a certain way, but to meet with a Savior. That destroys racism in one of Peter's messages. That tells women you can be in ministry by sending them first. Thank you for the life that you send, God. Thank you for the hope that you bring. Amen? <laughs> I don't... Uh, so, quick story. Quick story. Um, um, my, my story is... I've said it, shared it so many times. I'm just excited today. I prayed for excitement for you guys. And excitement you can't fabricate. Like, you just can't, right? Like, remember what happened to the Falcons? That's the opposite of excitement. (laughs) So, whatever the opposite feeling is of that, like that first half. Did you have to fabricate? Did anybody have to fabricate? Like, no. That second half, no. Was anybody joyful at the end of that game? You were just excommunicated, if so. (laughs) Just kidding. Rise up. Um, Okay, so. So after, after my first year at Lee University, long and short of that story is I shouldn't have been there. You all know my testimony. Didn't graduate high school, took a GED, ended up at a college. Didn't really know who Jesus was. Didn't, didn't think that that was a possibility. My mind wasn't like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find who Jesus is. It just, it just wasn't a possibility. I'm not, I'm not thinking like that. I'm not like, I need to taste and see that you are good. I'm just, I'm just a guy that's alive and struggling. So I get home and I meet a family, and the family's amazing. And I start to see pictures of Jesus. He starts to build this framework. And and the the part of it that became real to me, I would go to bed at night. And I've shared this so many times. I hope it's not annoying. It's my story. It's it's what it is. And I would put on a couple CDs. sounds so goofy. And I would push play. And I would listen to, to tracks. And I would literally, this is my story, how it became real for me. I literally felt like Jesus' presence was in the room with me. I'm not saying that that needs to happen to you. I'm not saying I took a picture and there was his presence. I'm not saying anything was falling from the ceiling. Nothing like that. I'm saying that I was certain that in that room, I was with Jesus. And I knew that because I wanted him. I wanted to worship him and I was willing to follow him. Something about that interaction. Now, that's not going to happen for you, right? Like, what's your story though? And I don't need you to scream it out. Like, when did that moment happened for you or has it not happened? Because without that happening in me, I would just be a Pharisee if I was standing up here. I would just have content about a thing, but I get to share with you a story about someone. I love him, I want him, I'm following him, I'm willing for our church to explode, I'm willing for our church to shrink, I'm walking with him, whatever happens. He's that good, right? Like, that's my story because I can point to a thing that made it my story. He found me when I was literally so insecure that I could not even have a positive thought about myself. There were seasons before I had Christ where you would have to beat me to make me believe that there was something good about me. You would have had to shake me to make me believe that there was some kind of redeemable quality in me. And I was criminal. And I was good at that. But he found me in the season of my life where I needed something positive. I needed some type of encouragement that said, you can be alive. I literally didn't think I would live to 30. I thought I would be dead by 30. I'm not 30 anymore. I'm 40-ish. I'm almost 40. I'm 40. I'm a man. Anybody know what that is? No? No. So today, like... I'm not asking you to fabricate your I Touched Jesus story. That's not what Jesus is about. You need to be honest where you're at in the process of the story, though. It's okay if it's just a story somebody's told you a hundred times. It's okay. But believe me, Jesus is coming to you. He will come to you. He will show up in whatever way. He can show up as an angel. He can show up as a donkey. He can show up as a tree. He can show up through a rock. He can show up through water. He can show up in wind. He can show up through a friend. He can show up and he will show up in your life. I promise. That's just what he promises. He's going to show up in your life, whether you're believing him yet or not. I'm not trying to make you believe today. I just want you to know he's going to come, so at least you have these words when it happens." This is what he was talking about, it's crazy. So still all over the place. There's trouble with belief, right? Like you can't fabricate if you don't believe. If you don't believe, it's better that you don't talk like you believe. It's better that you be honest, like it's okay, it's okay. We only believe the things that we see or something that's so proven that we trust that it's going to produce like Jesus once we see. But if you don't believe it's okay today, I want space for that for you. Today's content, we've interacted with so much. I'm going to read you Matthew 28, 1 through 10. You've heard this before. I promise. Maybe some of you haven't. God, if they haven't. I just, you read those stories about people hearing scripture for the first time in like indigenous communities around the world that they've never heard it before and like crazy things happening just from like, after the Sabbath, the first day of the week was dawning, Mary and Magdalene, and Mary went to see the tomb. You hear stories about people like, I have a friend who's a missionary who was sharing the gospel story just by reading it. He is not an interesting speaker. He is just a dude. And he's just reading it to this community. And he said people were crawling over chairs to get close to him. Just reading it. No like, no pretty like my wife, no super strong like me, no gift like Andy Stanley or Bill Johnson, just a dude reading scripture. Just word, people, first time hearing. It had that effect still. Isn't that cool? It still has that effect, right? Like, you've heard this story so much, it has to be rebirthed in a new way in you. You have to slow down enough to know, I'm about to put my mind on autopilot. It's Easter Sunday. I've heard this before. It's not just Easter Sunday. It's resurrection in exactly the way that you need it today, for you, now, not for the future, not for past you, but today. Christian who is seasoned, who you're like, I should be speaking, Josh, you're too young. You need this resurrection today. Baby who doesn't know how the Father speaks yet, you need it today, 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 every day. It changes everything. Gives you faith. So, Jesus. Jesus. Touch this word, Matthew 28, 1 through 10. So after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. This is a part of the story that slipped my mind. I understand, like, the stone rolled, there's just an angel sitting on a rock. I just love that. Like, that's so Jesus-ish just chilling on a rock, just people walking up. What's up, Mary and Mary? (laughs) Just an angel on a rock, just like all of our stories, right? So his appearance was like lightning. That's not even understandable. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing was white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. Just picture that real quick see the angel he looks like lightning and these guys evidently that's a way of, in that time of saying they passed out I'm just gonna I'm gonna make that connection these guys pass out correct but the angel said to the women who haven't passed out yet do not be afraid I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified he is not here this is the part we all want to amen because we've heard that before and that's where you amen right Amen. Yes, Lord. Just slow down and listen, though. All right. Before you do that, like slow down and take it in again like it's new. Do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was cru- crucified. He's not here. He has been raised as he said. So now they're thinking he did mention that but we didn't understand really. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This, me- this is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy. A lot of time when the Lord, when the Lord works, I think there's a blend of both. I mean, it's just that awesome? Like that amount of power? And ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. It's just that Jesus curveballs. Like, he said he's going to come. I'm doing what the angel said. And then, blah, Jesus shows up to him. And this is my favorite part, because this is evidently their moment, where it's not just a story anymore. They heard that he had been raised from the dead, correct? He didn't leave it at that. Many of you have heard he's been raised from the dead. He didn't leave it at that. He doesn't want to leave it at that. It can't be left at that because they haven't even worshipped yet. They don't revere it. They don't even understand it. They have to see him. So he literally shows up in person or what? and shows up, right? He shows up to them, and he says, greetings. <laughs> and they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. That's the kind of worship I was praying for y'all. The kind where you don't have to like, figure out, when am I going like, to work this up? Or will I raise my hands today? Or do I need to just be somber and just take this in? It's just like, this is like, ah! Just, it just happened, right? Like, at the end of the Falcons game, you didn't have to tell me to go in the, in the driveway and cry like a baby. <laughs> you, and I literally did that. I went and cried in the, in the driveway, like a, like a four-year-old boy. You didn't have to tell me to do that. That was the response to what had happened. These people have seen Jesus in such a way that you don't have to tell them, all right, so this is Jesus talking with them. Now it would be appropriate if you would just, if you would maybe prostrate before me, maybe grab my feet, and if you would mind worshiping a little bit. There's no need for that. There's no teaching worship in that moment. It's just, it's like heart admiration that is a response to literally seeing a resurrected Jesus. Right? At this point, too, like we've been reading Mark they don't really need more miracles. Like so far in Mark, they're like, more miracles, more miracles, two more miracles. They're just like, okay, all right, dude is risen from the dead. He's here. And they worship. I love that. And then Jesus says to them, do not be afraid. It says the same thing the angel said. Go ahead and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. It's this message. Don't be afraid. I'm coming. There you'll see me on the way here. He shows up. Don't be afraid. I'm coming, go tell people they'll see me, right? Like you kind of see what he's trying to do with the story. So really quickly today, I'm not going to spend forever in this, but there's just some good stuff today for you guys. Resurrection has happened here. Just simply put, for those of us who don't know what happened, we now, because of this story, are able to have full access to Jesus and go from death to life. Not just your sins, please God forgive us for only preaching, be forgiven of your sins and then don't sin, but of your whole nature. There's a sin nature you were born with, right? This is an invitation, this death and this resurrection, into a new identity. You're a new creation if this is yours. You are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You now are called sons and daughters, a part of his family. It's a whole different thing than you have been forgiven of your sins. Go and sin no more. That's still biblical though, right? This is saying you're now invited into my family. You're going to be adopted like sons and daughters. You're going to be mine. This day meant that that could happen, that he now takes your place that you literally go from death to life. This is why I love baptism. Baptism is a legitimate, it's pretty crazy if you think about it. Remove all that you know about it, right? We're about to put people in that thing full of water. There's no other circle that makes any sense, right? Maybe the Vikings did that. I think they did that. Like, But if you, they held you down long enough where you pass out, and if you came up, you were a Viking. If you died, you died. We're considering that. We're, we're not all the way there, but we're considering that. It's a good first sign. We're about to do this, right? But what is it about this? This is saying, I'm going down to connect with the death of Christ to say, I die for you. I'm, I, my old everything previous is dead. I say to you, I, I not only want it, but I will live the death of Christ so that you know that I'm dead. And then when you come up, you now are alive in Christ. This is the, this is the gospel. This is what happened that day. But it doesn't stop there. The story has to become personal. It has to become more than that to you. So there's this dead space. There's the Trinity sitting around like, man, I just know that they were pumped. Looking at each other like, we're about to do this. (laughs) They're not like, is Jesus done yet? Like, he was supposed to do his thing at like, no, they're like, we're about to unleash a massive J-bomb on the world. A massive gospel gift. They're just sitting waiting. I can just anticipate before people believe this hope, this like they're, they're going to believe. They're going to believe. And just excitement stirring as they're interceding, as it says in the word, on our behalf, over those people that would first get this message, it would become theirs. This gospel message would become theirs. That's so cool. Scene one for the people is despair. So this has already happened. They're already in despair. Please identify with this if this is you. Mary and Mary are on their way to the tomb. And they have spices to help preserve and anoint the body. They want to preserve the Jesus they knew. They are going to anoint the Jesus of their past. The Jesus that died and the Jesus that doesn't resurrect. They are good with it because they don't know any better. They literally are solidifying the only Jesus they know, and it's the one that has died. That's why they went to the tomb. My prayer is that Jesus is more than just some preserved memories for you. That you are anointing as the God of that, but he's not for this. When this is what that was all about. So scene one is despair. The Messiah has been killed. They're showing up because of that. There is no hope. They've decided we're moving on. I'll at least go see the body. That's their their story on this day. And then they show up. And scene two is the stinking angel on a rock that brings hope back. We and you need angels in our lives to remind us of what's to come. Whether it's an actual angel like here, or if it's just a person, a sister, a cousin, an aunt, or maybe you're the angel in someone's life saying, don't be afraid, Jesus is coming. Don't be afraid, Jesus is coming. He's not seen them yet. They haven't seen Jesus. And they don't stop here to worship they're still searching. If you're still searching, it's okay. If you still don't have all that you need, it's okay. If if my Jesus isn't making room for that for you, that's I just don't see that as a possibility. I don't see that as a possibility. He needs to show you in the way that he'll show you. So a couple things happen with the angel. He stills the fear. He shows the tomb. This is this is weird to me. Come over here with me, guys. Let's look at this empty tomb. Like, we want to skip over the facts, but he verifies to them, there's nobody in here. Look in here. They're being guided by an angel still. Just think about that. Like, their tour guide right now is an angel that looks like lightning and is dressed in white as snow. Picture that in your mind. Just, "Ah," and here's where this is. Now, you guys don't be afraid and go tell your friends. So they go and tell their friends, and on their way to do what they thought they were doing, they didn't know he was showing up at that point. Jesus shows up, and it's their moment. It's got to be got to be a moment like that for you Jesus's resurrection needs to be personally confirmed and it's form-fitted for you it is it's not like a a a shady business that's grown too big now that still promotes we're family but like you just know you're part of a system What I'm talking about we're like you're a part of something ground level with some people and like you know everybody's like in love with one another and it's just good and you're getting everybody's best energy But then as that thing grows, this happens to a lot of churches, I've been guilty of doing this, as that grows, like you distance yourself, and as people in ministry would say, you lead from the mountain, which I despise that language, like Jesus is the incarnate God who shows us how to be in humanity with the broken, but somehow we revert back to Moses, because we should lead from the mountain where leaders live, because you guys are dirty common folk, right? That just disgusts me. Right, but Jesus doesn't delude as his business, which isn't even a business, grows. Each interaction is as potent as the interaction with Mary. Each interaction has that possibility, and you're you're not getting it from the third dude that showed up because the other dude was sick, who doesn't really understand the, the process, but he's he's selling you, and he's like kind of Italian. Like we have some Italian in our family. Like. That was wrong of me. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. He's wearing all kinds of snazzy stuff. Like, Jesus is good, right? We're going to give you some money today. He's going to answer all your wildest dreams. Right? All good stuff. You never have to die to anything. Like, that, that's a version of what's being produced today. He's going to give you everything you want. That's, Jesus gives you the best stuff. But he also takes, and sometimes it's really painful, and sometimes you don't want it and you wouldn't choose it, right? Things like death. That's not on your list today. Like, are we gonna, when are we going to die today? No, we don't choose that, but he gives us what's best. So this Jesus, I don't even know where I'm at, again, it's not a business plan. It's not a pyramid. Each thing is specified for you, and it will meet you in the best. It will meet you in such a liberating way. For me, I had no identity. So just because I was listening to Jars of Clay and just because, like, that was good, that's just a funny thing to say, but literally, I hated Christian music. And on the other side of Christianity, I'm not much more in love with it, I'm going to be honest. But in my bedroom, when I played those songs off that first CD, I felt the presence of Jesus. That's what happened. That's my story. I laid in bed and I cried, and it became real to me. Because for some reason, that's what he knew I needed. And I needed it, and I love him for it. Maybe it's because I love music as much as any human on the planet. But for me, it meant something. For the woman who shows up, who's not even allowed to speak in the presence of men, who's not even allowed to speak in front of men, is told to be the first witness to go speak to men. Like, what? Terrible business plan, Jesus. Think through this. They're not even allowed to speak. They might get stoned. Remember, these are just women. They're not even men. Jesus liberates half of the population in the first gospel encounter. We should all be clapping. Right? In Acts 10, it says Jesus comes as the judge. And we like to use that as seeing someone in sin, but he's saying it to the Jewish community who's judging the Gentiles to say, this is not just for you. You're not judge over them. You don't decide who gets my grace. You're not the one who decides if they get it. If I say women get it first, women get it first. If I say the Gentile nation gets it first, the Gentile nation gets it first. If I say this thing over here that we've all decided must not be of God, gets it first, they get it first. The gospel goes to people who need it most first. Gospel goes to the people who are broke, poor in spirit. Those people want it. So it means something. And he sees where you're broken and poor in spirit. He sees where you've been marginalized. He sees where you already agree that you don't deserve it. And we hide those things behind our Easter clothes and behind our smiles and behind our sharp wits. And he pierces into them and finds them and meets us in a way where we fall at his feet, and it's not because we saw a dude do it. That's what he wants in your life. That's what church is for. That's what the gospel is about. It becomes in you life as Christ, as it says in Colossians. And then you go and tell your friends Jesus is coming. And if it comes to someone who has tasted and seen, I'm just telling you, people will want and believe They needed an angel in white who's flashing like lightning. We're sent as people filled with the presence of God. And somehow we do the same. Somehow when we've experienced and we've absorbed this and we pass through death to life, when we speak to those around us who are broken and marginalized and poor in spirit and need the gospel, they respond. That's why people in other countries who haven't heard it are crawling over chairs to hear the gospel. Just that should blow your mind just that. So Father, today, this is the gospel. It is for all. It is not for the select chosen cream of the crop. In fact, it came first to the exact opposite in that culture. We have to accept it today. I just, this is what I sense for you. With your eyes closed, I believe the angels, I believe the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are excited for you today like they were when the gospel was there but hadn't yet gone. That anticipation, just, I just sense like that environment was probably so lit up. The three of them just, we're about to drop the gospel. Wherever you don't believe, that's where they're excited to meet you. She's gonna believe, she's gonna see it. She's going to taste and see. Jesus is coming to meet you. Jesus is coming to meet you. So I'm going to have a couple prayers over you as your eyes are closed. For the babies in Christ, I would say one own it. It's okay. If you've just received the gift of salvation and it really is yours. Be a baby. Be a baby. Babies need to know their father's and mother's voice. They need to know that they have a family. They're going to do dumb stuff. I pray against any religious stuff that's been added to you. I pray against any rules that you need to follow as a baby who doesn't even know how to use the bathroom. That you would let the father teach you his voice first. And that you would say yes to brothers and sisters who love you. If you're a baby in Christ today and the gift has been received, give yourself some grace. He is surrounding you. He loves you. He will speak to you. He's even going to speak to some people today that haven't felt like they've heard before. If that just spoke to your heart, let the Father begin to work in that. He will speak to you. His sheep know his voice. I pray against the enemy's attacks, the enemy's lies. The enemy wants to destroy. His language is lying. It says that. He's he's clever, and he knows exactly what you need to hear to keep you from believing, but Jesus' voice trumps that, right? There is no rival. Father, speak. For those of you who are mature, you guys can open your eyes for this. For those of you who are mature, how do we show that the tomb is empty and show the resurrection? In Acts 10, Peter gets up and preached. Peter preached some redonkulous sermons. Ridiculous. I read his sermons and I'm like, Lord, let me preach like that one time in my life. But what he did when he would preach, he would walk through the stories. He would just, here's what Jesus did here. Here's what Jesus did here. This one time they dropped a dude through a roof. This other time he healed a dude. This other time he spit on his hands and rubbed it in a guy's eyes. This other time somebody's leg grew back. And those are just the stories we know of. There's things that happen that when he would stand up to preach, he would say, do you remember when Jesus, he would tell a story? If you are mature, and if you think you're really mature, you're probably not that mature. Like, That's all of us. But the way that you show the gospel to be true, you share the stories of what he's done in your life by the word of your testimony, the blood of the lamb. Right? That's so important. That's why I like what we do here. We're not trying to polish an Easter service so that you leave impressed. We want you to know that you're at this table with us and the Holy Spirit and Jesus is with all of us. He's not just with me. And we all have the the gospel responsibility. Speak your story to people. In fact, I've asked a couple people today to really quickly share the moment, share the moment that it became real. To where they didn't have to pretend anymore. They're not waiting on Jesus to show up. And if that happens to be you and you're one of those people, what I would love for you to do is one at a time, like Eminem, stand up. Do not miss your opportunity. And anybody who I've asked beforehand can stand right now and you know your time frame to, sp- to share really quickly. You got 30 seconds. You're going to go first? You can just you to, Everybody turn and face or if you're there, you can face the group. All right. Um, Ryan's my godbrother. Do you guys know what God brother is? Raise your hand. Some people are like, what brother? Um, we grew up together from little, I mean kids, all the way until we both decided to do our um, particle son thing separately, um, all the way until like 10 years ago. I remember, can I just, I'm just share a little bit, he, Ryan got out of prison, um, legitimate, in prison for like show up at his house and I'm like, this guy is scary. And I thought I was scary. And I had already kind of seen the Lord do some work. And then just over the last 10 years, you guys, you just got, if you could just see a picture book of his life, Jesus is the realest thing ever. The realest thing ever. So I'm I'm just thankful for you, brother. I I don't want to do that here, but love you, man. All right. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to do some, um, just some ministry time for a minute. We're going to let people go back and get ready for baptism. So if you're here and you want to be baptized because you already said that you were going to get baptized, go get ready. If you're someone who it feels like you would really like to do that today, but you didn't plan on it, there's space for you. You would just need to go and find, where's Amelia at? Is she back there already? No, she's back there. Is she back there? Can somebody see her? Amelia! Anybody here? She might be back there. If you want to be baptized and you didn't plan for it, you can, you can head over to this room right here. Uh, we have some stuff for you. But we need to know on the front end of this time instead of the back end. So if you'll all stand to your feet for a moment as they're getting ready. So as they're getting ready, everybody keep in mind, this is gonna, we're going to do some prayer right here. So let's not jump into full conversation. In fact, if you could just go ahead and close your eyes. We want to give space for the Holy Spirit right now to speak to your heart. So if resurrection is tapping at your heart right now, I would ask that you would respond. So as they lead us and as the people get prepared, give this over to him. This this time, Father, is a sacrifice for you. whatever way you can interact with your father if it's sitting or standing feel free to do that at this moment so father we we believe we believe that this is realer than even our flesh we believe that as a part of your family god what your word says is real It's realer than our feelings. It's realer than our history. It is everything. And Jesus, you are in the midst of us right now, inviting us deeper into your heart and deeper into your family with a resounding yes. We want to say yes to you today, God. As Mary said yes before she even knew what you were doing. Yes, Father, we follow you. We love you. We thank you for Easter and that it's every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.